Rated Podcast is sponsored by the new Hydra V3 SUV and the new home network show, Heart to Shart. For more information on these, stay tuned to the middle of our program. I'm Rick. I'm Dean. And I'm John. And we are the Rated Podcast. And this is our first official recording as a trio. So we're super excited. Last episode was John's first recording as an official co-host with us. It was just me and him, though. Dean was unavailable. But Dean is back. And we're here to talk about Crossing Swords. But before we get into it, how's it going, guys? Let's go. I'm, I'm really excited to be back, guys. Honestly, like uh, I, I've been getting a lot of uh, fan feedback from the Dean heads uh, who, are, who have followed me from podcast to podcast saying, hey, isn't that one, one show that you're on? Like, what's up? How come you haven't been on in a while? Guys, I, I'm here to address that. Honestly, like, you know, I'm busy. Uh, you know, Rick is busy. John is busy as well. And I think that the, the adding of John has really helped us all because- um, you Very know, flattered. When, yeah, absolutely. John knows a ton. He's he's probably the best person I know to be on this type of podcast. Actually, our original I'm, scope of I'm the show. I'm ultra flattered. <laughs> the original scope of the show was to have John on, on as our Hollywood Hogan to my Kevin Nash and Rick Scott Hall to to give you a wrestling, um, you know, kind of comparison. Thanks, brother. <laughs> but but at the same time, honestly, like uh, Rick and I, we have wanted, we've promised in the past to give three episodes a week, four episodes a week, stuff like that. Oof. It's just it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what, we're, we're both very busy guys. I mean, we're in, in our late 20s. Uh, we're wheeling and dealing, kiss stealing, high five and limousine riding, you know, things like that. But anyway, <laughs> John, we're very happy to have you. Of course, uh, Rick, very apropos yes. wearing the sco- Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. Absolutely love it. Love it. Uh, guys, I assure you, this is, this is not a wrestling pod. But guys, honestly, I love the work that you did last week on – Space Force, and I have a couple of bones to pick um, about what you guys recorded. But uh, Rick, John, how are you guys? We're, we're doing great, man. Th- thank you. Last week was a lot of fun. I'm glad to have you back this week, of course. And uh, yeah, we're trying to give you guys quality over quantity, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we get the right sponsors in place. We hear your mailbags, and we and you know we we watch these shows and these you know whatever content we're we're reviewing. We give it the the utmost critical eye. Um, you know, so so we're, we're going to take our time with these, and uh, I don't think you guys will mind at all, because we're going to give, as you could tell from the Space Force episode, we give such critical expert opinions on these things. You can't just call a show that sucks sucky. You got to say more. Yeah, You got to yeah. burn it to the ground. That's, that's, that's sarcasm, by the way, because I absolutely slam dunked uh, oh, <laughs> space from the yeah. top of the net so, so you know without funny. saying much uh, we've, we've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter and of course we our, our mailbag is uh, full this week with uh, different callers wanting to talk about the topic at hand but guys um, if you'll allow me a little diatribe into talking about last week's episode Space Force uh, obviously I wasn't around but um, I did want to just kind of mention my two cents into it and uh, John and Rick I think you guys knocked it out of the park you guys really did capture how unfunny it was and that's one of the things that i was kind of uh centered around uh, of course guys if you want go back listen to the last episode about space force uh john and rick really did a great job of um you know recapping that and what they thought of it but at the same time although space force was very unfunny i thought it was a show that had liftoff using an old term that rick and i used to use um mm-hmm. if you go back and you listen 
or, or if you go back and watch just season one of uh, The Office, Dwight was obnoxious. Jim and Pam, nobody knew what they would be. And season mm-hmm. one of The Office was terrible. And if you look at Space Force... And, and Michael like was obnoxious, too. What was that? I, sorry, I, I, got, I... Yeah, Michael was like obnoxious, was, too. He wasn't right. like the lovable character that we grew to love in later seasons. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I think that at the end of Space Force, it gave a lot of reason to let it breathe. And it was like, ah, oh, this show might turn into something. Whereas The Office, if I were just to watch like three or four episodes of The Office, when it first started, I would be like, this show sucks. Like Dwight's annoying. Like Michael sucks. Jim and Pam are nothing. Who cares? And I feel like The Space Force really grew into itself as the show went on. And I feel like you guys did a good job of uh, kind of recapping that. And at the same time, um, I am excited to see what happens of it, but to take season one on its own, I feel like um, it was pretty bad, but I think that in the future, I'm not ready to throw it in the garbage yet. Yeah, Dean, it sounds like you uh, kind of agree with the show, mostly about like what I said is, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't crazy about the show for his first season, but I talked with John and you heard the podcast that the creator of the show has a history of having a, uh, a slow or not so great first season, but having the show grow into itself in later seasons. Mm-hmm. And I also said that I liked how the first season ended. I thought it ended yes. pretty good. I liked the way they left it off with uh, this potential like lunar war possibly that could be brewing or whatever. So I think it, it, it lended to a possibly really good second season. So um, while I wasn't crazy about it and I didn't give it a good rating, I'm with you though. I, I see some good potential for the future. Yes, and Rick, one thing I wanted to call out is that you you nailed what I was thinking right on the head was that Patrick Warburton and um I forget her name, Jane, Jane Lynch. Lynch. Yes. They were in it, but they were not prominent characters and that in my opinion is a huge miss. I'm the probably the biggest Patrick Warburton fan around. Mm-hmm. Um actually, if you were to ask me who the funniest person in Ted was uh, the Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg movie. I would say Patrick Warburton because he was like, yeah, last night a guy asked me to punch him in the face at three in the morning. I texted him back at 3.23 and said, you're welcome. He was like, I don't know. I think I might be gay or something. Like I was <laughs> cracking up. One of the, my favorite characters in that entire movie. I love Patrick Warburton. Of course, the voice of, um, what's his name from uh, Family Guy? Uh, Joe. Yeah, that's Seth it. MacFarlane. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so great, great guy, great comedic mind. Um, yeah, I really think that as the seasons go on, I feel like that show might grow into itself. So um, Space Force, I would probably say right now, if I were to give it my rating out of uh, 33, I'd probably give it about a 17, as middle down the road as I possibly can. Um, okay. I definitely think that down, like in the future, I think that uh, Space Force might be a little bit better. Okay, yeah, I, I, I like the, the potential future of Space Force, so I'm with you. And I do agree. It seemed like uh, Patrick Warburton had less screen time in a whole season of Space Force than Booger McFarlane would on a full <laughs> full broadcast yeah. on a single Monday Night Football game. So I also, <laughs> two, those are two problems that we need to solve. Yes, yes. I also agree that uh, Fuck Tony is probably the funniest name, and he got zero <laughs> screen time. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Tony, hilarious name. Also, there's a, a name in Crossing Swords that we'll get to that I think is really funny. <laughs> but but um, so, but we'll get to that too. Yeah, that's a that's a great segue because honestly, guys, I, I I'm really curious to hear what you guys think of uh, Crossing Swords because they got a six point seven out of a hundred. Of course, people look to us to be to 
to be like the uh, mediators. Um, the people that kind of tell you what Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and what the audience score and what the credit score so it says. I know this one was very down the middle. So guys, I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on uh, Crossing Swords. But but first, John, don't, don't you have something to say? Yeah, let's, um, I, so it's funny. Crossing Swords, I have a lot of opinions on this one. Um, before, before I want to get into that, I just wanted to mention to you guys um, something new that I had tried um, was the new streaming service, Peacock, um, mm-hmm. the NBC streaming service, because now every okay. company with, you know, a million dollars in the wallet <laughs> wants to try out a streaming service, right? Um, yeah. It's balls, man. It sucks. Really? <laughs> um, wow, yeah, it, really? came, it came with us. It came free. My wife and I have Xfinity. Um, it, we, we get it. It's like packaged free. And the whole thing surrounding Peacock, I think, is, is The Office, right? Going back to that show. Um, and that show is going to leave Netflix eventually. I think Parks and Rec is going to leave if it hasn't already. And Peacock is kind of like, it's going to be the place where they're touting, uh, go watch The Office, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think they're going to sell it on that merit alone. Now, The Office is not on there yet. Um, but searching around, I mean, I mean, there's really... What else? Are people gonna watch fucking Third Rock from the Sun with John Lithgow, like on Peacock? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I, I, we, we perused it. I know in the commercials, like mm-hmm. a big, you know, animated film they were touting was Shrek. Like it's just these old, old properties that, yeah, I. I we all own Shrek on DVD. Yeah. Right. Like, like at this point, and, and every of these streaming services too offers new content. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I just don't, I call it the curmudgeon in me. I got mm. my Netflix. I got my Hulu. Disney Plus right. was kind of like, I think that completed the trilogy. Yeah. Disney's library is massive. So now, that, that kind of earned it. But, but everything else is just, I think it's everyone just trying to do what these other companies are doing. Right. And a lot of them are bound to crash and burn. Peacock being one of them, Apple TV. Now, uh, and there's, there's others coming. Now, John, let me ask you. Uh, one, do you happen to have how handy uh, Peacock is per month? Or is that not uh, released yet? I, yeah, I, I, could, was, uh, I, I was curious that about that too. Because you're not okay. paying for yeah. it right now, right? It's just included with your Xfinity, correct? Yeah, it's, it's just included. Okay. It's free. I, it literally told me to say Peacock into my remote. And just okay. click it. So, so you're not paying monthly for it. Not paying okay. monthly for it at the moment. All right. Okay. So it's so it's not like uh, you're you're paying for something that's like you're not getting a, a like use out of really. But could you could you see it though? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably not. But you can't see it getting to a point where you'd want to pay for it though, right? No, not at all. I just okay. I just looked it up. It's it's five dollars a month, mm. and uh, with ads, ten dollars a month without ads. Wow. I, it's, it's just one of those, it, it's just old content. Like it's old content. Some new shows they're, they just want you to like pay, you know, your coffee price for the week. You know, they want you to pay for one month of this service, but you realize you're paying for stuff that you either are not going to watch or stuff that you already own on DVD. You know, I, it's, I, I just don't think when you have so much content that's being presented to you by everybody else, kind of what I said on the last episode, mm-hmm. like you got, you got to fight for me. I only have so yeah. much time and so much energy. I don't want to watch C list material. Right. Right. Dated. I don't want to watch Frasier 
Okay. <laughs> I, I oh, want to watch, you know, new and engaging shows. Honestly, we could probably just clip yeah. that. Nobody wants to watch Frasier. But John, <laughs> uh, I am very curious. Uh, Rick and I have kind of well documented how we feel about uh, Parks and Rec. John, are you a Parks and Rec fan by any chance? So Parks and Rec is definitely, if, if the office is an A, Parks and Rec is a very, very low B, in my opinion. Okay. Um, characters are funny. Situations and scenarios are funny. Leslie Nope, I think, is a good protagonist. She's kind of like the, the lighter side of a Michael Scott. Um, yeah. I do like Amy Poehler. So it's a show that, like, hey, it's on. Not going to turn it off. Not mm-hmm. going to ask to be turned off if I'm, if I'm watching at someone else's house. Am I going to go watch it by myself after I've already completed the series? Probably not. Yeah, um, I'm kind of good on it. I just think a lot of it is just like the, it's the alternate to the office no, that, and to the cameras. That's right? a really good. Uh, that's a really good point. Mainly because uh, I feel like uh, the office, while it has single episodes that are like you could hold up to the light and be like, "Wow, this is a really funny office episode." Oh, is this the one where Michael runs the half marathon and, is, and uh, what's his name's nipples hurt? Like, yeah, that's that. Like, that's a funny office episode you can watch out of context. <laughs> yeah. Whereas. The Parks and Rec doesn't really have any of those. Of course, if you're a Parks and Rec fan, please tweet at us at RatedPod. Um, I personally don't find your show funny at all. Actually, so much to the point where I literally didn't. Yeah. There was a one final season when I was finished <laughs> with the show, and I didn't even go back and watch it. I literally didn't care. I just thought it was that unfunny. But, um, guys, talking about funny and not funny, yeah, really curious. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think about Crossing Swords, which is our episode content of the week. Yeah. Do, do we want to get into it? Does anything, do anybody else want to talk about any other shows or any other uh, you know, media they've seen? Uh, I'll bring up a couple of things real quick, just because this is like the, the news notes and tidbits segment before we really get into the review. Um, John, I've talked to you about possibly uh, doing um, maybe another recording later on this week to review Eurovision. I did not see it yet. I don't okay. believe you did either, did you? No, I didn't. I'm actually okay. saving it for next for for the next time we record. So I Ooh. I really don't know. It looks like it could be hit or miss. So I'm okay. hoping it's funny though. Dude. All right. So, but, I, but I'm gonna watch it either tonight or tomorrow. I'm probably gonna watch Eurovision. Okay. Um, over this past week, I've seen Flora's Lava, which I can recover in a, a another recording uh, later on this week or next week or something. I watched Flora's Lava, which was number one until Eurovision came out. So now Flora's Lava is number two. Eurovision is <laughs> number one. Uh, I I'm a couple episodes away from finishing Hannibal, which has fantastic reviews. And mm. Dean, um, I heard that was really good. I really is, like. I, I like the actor that is uh, Hannibal Lecter. Mads Mikkelsen. He was the yes. chief, the <laughs> chief in Casino Royale. Dude, Rick, um, <laughs> I think I sent you the meme of the chief uh, with a photoshopped Connect Four in front of him, and it says, "Oh, sorry, Mr. Bond, you neglected to look diagonally," and it's like him winning. Uh, <laughs> Casino Royale. I would say. It by a lot is the best James Bond movie I've ever seen. Easily, easily, it is number by a one. A lot, and I'm and I'm with you. Um, Le Chief, uh, or Mads Mikkelsen is the name of the actor. <laughs> the guy who plays Hannibal in the show is is fantastic, and yeah. Um, I think because of what he did with the role, and I'll get deeper into it maybe another recording. Mm-hmm. He's kind of morphed it into this like poor man's. Um, like Joker role, like you know how like the role mm. of Joker is like this coveted role with like. Uh, Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, like everyone, like they, they it's get the this modern Hamlet, to... man. Everyone yeah. wants to play the Joker. It's Hamlet. Yeah. It really is. So, so Anthony Hopkins won an Academy Award for Hannibal Lecter for his portrayal. And yes. 
Mads Mikkelsen does a fantastic job. He he makes the character his own, which is always important when you're when you're portraying a, a character. And he he just I don't know the way this this his face freaking looks, his voice like he was just like he has this natural look about him of like just the evil guy, and it's so good. So I'll, I could do a review of that later on too. Um, I'm about to finish up uh, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary, Filthy Rich. Dude, um, so cool. I have, so, I have a couple of things to say about that. That is, I, I knew, I knew it would be kind of like fuck, like knowing the content of like what's going on. Man, literally 15 minutes in, I was watching. I was like, man, this is fucking, fucked. this is fucked. Like, legitimately, <laughs> yeah. like we're gonna throw the, the the capital E on this episode, but like, man, watching some of that, I was like, it, it like, you know what it is? It's it's one of those things where you could say in Crossing, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, like having sex with underage kids is like bad, and you shouldn't do that. Like. Honestly, I hope that everyone is having those conversations. Yes. Like that's the the side that you should be on. But at the same time, when you watch the level of um, manipulation that Jeffrey Epstein has, it is truly disturbing how how many people he had in his pocket. It's it, it's insane. Yeah. So uh, unless there's any other shows you at least want to bring up, whether uh, good or bad or otherwise, I I got a couple shows that I can record uh, sometime later this week or next week with either one or both of you guys but uh mm-hmm. i've been watching some good television and i am excited cool. to tell you about it in the future i love it actually um guys would you mind if i give you a quick review of a show that i could guarantee that neither of you have watched let's hear please. it man please okay and then we're gonna throw to our first sponsor yeah yes. then we'll go yes to the please we, we we have to i mean they paid us good hard money to be in it but honestly guys um, my, my girlfriend of a long time, uh, she has nieces and nephews. So the other day I, we were watching the kids, you know, as we, we do typically on Saturdays. And, um, t- honestly, in my experience, I really like Paw Patrol. It's a good show. I would say for like little kids, man, guys, I'm going to give you a review of Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig is fucking horrible, man. It is, it's insane. I have no idea. I have no idea who is who. But they all have British accents. It's it's insane. I literally I, I literally could not string together two sentences and being like, I uh, my my girlfriend's nephew is named Jackson. He loves Peppa Pig. He literally was telling me about Peppa Pig. It just nothing made sense. I was like, who's that? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I never seen that person. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's a fucking giraffe for no reason. Like Peppa Pig is ridiculous. <laughs> there is nothing that connects to anything. I I would give Peppa Pig like a two out of ten. That's that's so funny too because I'm I'm I could be wrong I don't have any kids and none are no small children are in my immediate or extended family mm-hmm. but um, isn't Peppa Pig like very popular amongst small children? Yeah, Peppa Pig Massive. is Peppa Pig is very very popular mainly because um, it says in the commercials that it teaches the children like emotional awareness and like tolerance to other cultures and mainly Bullshit. because. But yeah, John, honestly, the reason why it says that is because literally every character on Peppa Pig has a British accent. I'm not even joking. The teacher, Peppa, Peppa's father has a horrible beard, but he has a yes. British accent. Like, everyone has a British accent, and I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I literally, like, nudged him. I was like, Jackson, what, what are they talking about? And he's like, I don't know. And he just, like, continued doing – he was doing, funny enough, he was doing a Paw Patrol puzzle at the time. Uh, I will say one thing. Paw Patrol, I'd probably give it like a seven and a half out of ten. Peppa Pig, I'd give it like a two. That's so funny too, because I mean we're nineties nineties kids, so yeah. yeah. 
we grew up with uh, Rugrats, and maybe I'm alone in this, but if you go back and you watch an episode of Rugrats, mm. it is dog shit. <laughs> like, Ooh. When, we, when we were growing up, Rugrats was huge, right? They're making, like, movies of it. They yeah. had, like, rides. It was great. And I guess, John, you don't agree. It is painful to watch an episode of Rugrats. Like, I'm, like, I have, like, the Arthur fist by my side. Like, when I watch it, <laughs> if, if, if Rugrats is on, that's yeah. how bad it is to me. But maybe I'm alone wow. in that. No, no. I, w- I was, uh, honestly, I think wow. I was texting John about this. Uh, I, Rugrats was one of the shows that I watched when I was a kid. Going back as not even an adult, but as a teenager, when I was like 14, 15 um, and higher, I hated Rugrats. I thought it was it's horrible. Awful. That and also Fairly Odd Parents. I was not a Fairly Odd Parents fan. I thought that the the uh, plot of Fairly Odd Parents was terrible. It was always like Timmy wished a wish that he didn't think about, and then they had to go undo it. And it was like, what, how about he just gives a wish that he wants? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, I, I don't know. I found Fairly Odd Parents infuriating. I found Rugrats equally infuriating. John, you're a big animation fan. I'm very curious oh, to hear what, what you think. Yo, you got you guys the brutal. Oh my god, these are great shows. They're funny. They're wait, memorable. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we're, we're, we're brutal. Says the guy who gave Space Force a five out of fifty last week. Get out of here, dude. Go it's, just, it's weird because like I, I feel like. I feel like this is a different discussion for a different day because I have a lot to say about these kind of things. But this these shows for kids, you know, it's it's I don't know. You could you could mm. when if it's memorable enough to rewatch again, that means it kind of did its job the very first time. Because none of Good these point. shows Good are point. going, hey, we're gonna give you like this intelligent, rewatchable kind of thing. It's really meant meant for kids, and be, the best shows translate to adulthood. Where Space Force is for adults and it's fucking dumb. <laughs> so Mace, different, different category. But I, say, I will say this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, John. Honestly, two things. One, Danny Phantom is better than Fairly Odd Parents. And two, guys, would you allow me to um, kind of expand on Space Force yet again, really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let me just say real quick. Peppa Pig oh. is balls. It's ugly. <laughs> It's annoying sounding. It really is. It's, it's actually a, a horrible, horrible preschool show. When I used to do pharma sales, it would be on in these doctor's offices yeah. all the time. And it really, my jaw dropped to hell. Mind-numbingly annoying it could possibly be. Oh, it really and, is. And I, I really, like I said, it's a whole different episode and discussion as to why mm-hmm. I don't think any of Peppa Pig works. But it's clearly <laughs> popular for a reason. So, uh, so yeah, let's let's Absolutely. do real quick. Talk about Space Force again. We really got to get into Crossing Swords. No, you know what's funny? I actually already addressed that. But John, do you have any uh, rebuttal to me saying that Danny Phantom's better than Fairly Odd Parents? Both Butch Hartman um, vehicles. They're both good shows. Um, I like Fairly Odd Parents better, but I know mm. that Danny Phantom has its fandom too, um, and I think that's a good show as well. So, um, I don't I don't hate the take. Um, I might disagree with it, but but. I, I can't for Butch Hartman shows like those are two of his best. He did two more shows afterwards and they kind of flopped. Hmm. Those were two of his successful ones. So interesting. I think without further ado, I think it's ready to uh, give some time to our sponsors then. This fall, the home network brings you a heartwarming new show about comfort, perseverance, and redemption from the creators of property fathers. It's, Heart to Shard, a show where friends and family comfort loved ones who had an oopsie and made a poopsie. My life is ruined! 
The only thing that's ruined is your shorts. So you crapped yourself. So what? Just throw them out and move on. Dad, it was while I was climbing the rope in phys ed. Oy vey. This fall, witness triumph as families lift each other up because not every code brown has to keep you down. <laughs> Mom, I, I need to tell you something. What's wrong, sweetie? You know you could tell me anything. I went out for coffee with Ashley the other day and, and things were going really well. But then I, I felt like I had to fart and and I shit my pants. Oh, honey, it's okay. It happens. It's not okay. My Ashley left me. Well, are you surprised? You're a grown man and you shit your pants. She can do better. What? Watch as people pick up the pieces who thought a dirty shark blew their world apart. Daddy, we can't go to the pool no more. Huh? Now why's that? Because I shitted myself. In the pool? Yes, in the pool. God damn it. Catch Heart to Shark every Sunday this fall following Property Fathers. Only on the Home Network. All right, guys, we're back, and now we're going to get into Crossing Swords. It is a new animated show on Hulu. Uh, one season's out, 10 episodes, about between 20 and 30 minutes each. Um, very interesting, though. I want to get your take on what both of you guys thought of it. But one thing I want to ask, I want to talk to you about first, John, is the animation, because you're the animation expert here on the crew. And uh, it is, correct me if I'm wrong, the style of animation is stop motion animation, correct? That's correct, yep. Okay, mm -hmm. could you, ex just for those people who maybe don't know or haven't seen the show, can you explain stop motion animation briefly? I, I would be honored. Um, absolutely. So stop motion, like, it, like the namesake, uh, is essentially, it's, it's like you're taking these figures, toys, plasticine creations, uh, and moving them almost as like, and taking pictures of them frame by frame. So almost like you were hand drawing the images, like they make, you know, quote unquote, traditionally animated films. Um, and enough of those pictures taken together, 24 frames a second, you know, it creates motion and it creates life. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, some of the more famous, you know, a stop motion animation has been, you know, The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, you know, Wallace and Gromit looking, looking to, uh, mm. The BBC and their popularity here, um, and even more recently, the Lego Movie. And um, what what is so special about I think stop motion is uh, you could really see um, you see the handiwork of the artists and the animators. It's like when you watch an old animated movie and you see the pencil lines, and you could see you know a pencil line is a little thicker, a little shorter, uh, and these you can see where kind of like especially in the Wallace and Gromit shorts. Um, where like the hand placement is. You could see where the thumbs were. You could see fingerprints. Um, mm -hmm. And it really is a, it's a marvel of, of technicality that is very, very mm -hmm. difficult to do. And I think with uh, Crossing Swords, and I should say Robot Chicken is a heavy, heavy influence on the show. Not just because it's stop motion, but it's a lot of the same people behind it. Um, but I think with Crossing Swords, from what I read about them, these creators, they did keep it traditionally hand animated. The Lego movies, believe it or not, were mostly animated using a computer system. Um, and oh, wow. so it looks like it's stop motion, but it really is computers doing the work. 
Um, I think that the, it's stop motion animation. I, for a lot of people is take it or leave it. Some people love it like I do. And some people are like, I just don't think they can get behind it. It's boring to them. It doesn't mm -hmm. move lifelike enough. Yeah. Um, it takes away maybe from, from giving it serious attention. So, um, so this show, you know, takes liberties by being stop motion. It's in like a Playmobil type style. Every character is just like, is like, like building blocks, um, which I think adds to a lot of the charm. And obviously is a, uh, I, it's, it's ironic because it's so raunchy and so naughty, but it mm -hmm. looks like toys that little kids would play with. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's a good choice. And obviously because they're the robot chicken creators, they're very well versed in the stop motion animation world. And, um, you know, they, they give it that spin here. Um, so that's, that's a little, that was an elongated, long-winded version of okay. what is stop motion. Well, I think it was good, though. I yeah. think it's important, though, because I think a lot no, of times huge, when, people yeah. hear, uh, when people hear stop motion animation, um, I think a lot of people might not necessarily know what that is. I think they just it's hear. True. And, and just, more, so, more so what goes into it to make yes. an episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, Dean, what did you think of the stop motion animation yourself? Because I believe you and I are more in line with how we thought about the show mm -hmm. than, uh, than John was. And um, I'm curious if you felt the same way about the animation as I did. So personally, uh, I do like stop motion animation. I think that when, it, when it's done correctly, it's a, a very marvelous thing that you could look at and go, wow, crazy that they have like figurines that they kind of take a, a million pictures of, or not million, but like maybe uh, t hundreds of tens of thousands of like different mm -hmm. pictures of uh, moving these characters around. Uh, John, I think you, you brought up the natural comparison of Robot Chicken, a show that is very near and dear to my heart. I absolutely love that yes. show. I think that it's hilarious. I've been watching it since I was 14. I'm now 28. So that's half of my life that I've been watching Robot Chicken. And I, I just really think, you know, same creators, right? And, um, you know, I think that this show in itself, the only check mark that I will actually give it is that they did try a style of animation that's harder um, doing the stop motion animation. Other than that, I didn't really f see a lot of redeeming qualities from the actual show. The content itself, I thought, was pretty poor. Uh, honestly, I'd rather watch okay. any episode of Robot Chicken than I would any episode of uh, Crossing Swords. So so what what was it about it that you didn't like? Because I'm with you. I um, I liked the fact that they did something different with the animation. Mm -hmm. um, I can't... I, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd say the stop motion animation added or took away from my experience. Right. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't really know if I would have liked it any more or less with a different type of animation, yeah, but yeah. I did ad admire that it was something different because right. um, stop motion animation is it's just pretty rare, right? You just don't see it that much anymore. Yeah. And uh, when you do see it, like John was saying, mm -hmm. like it's maybe like the Lego movie where it's not officially stop motion animation. It's actually just computerized CGI made to look that way. Um, but uh, I thought the animation, yeah, they did a, a, a good job off, of it. Sorry. Go for it. Go. Yeah, no, yeah. I was just going to say, Rick, to be honest, uh, it's way expensive to do, and there are not enough fans. So that's, that's why you don't see it a whole lot. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, for a lot of studios, it's, kinda, it's just very expensive and not worth their mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, the last, aside from the Lego movies, the last big stop-motion TV shows and films are like Robot Chicken, uh, Coraline, I forgot to mention before, which I know yes. liked. What um, a movie. It's just, it just doesn't happen often enough. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. an industry thing I think that needs to get sorted out. I don't think, I don't think the, um, 
I mean, I'm curious what you guys think because you, you guys don't sound like you're huge fans of the show. You appreciate yeah. the medium. Does the medium, like, would the show have been better if it was mm. live action for you guys? Or, or so, 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 you know what's funny about that is that the show content itself reminded me a lot of Disenchantment, where it was, um, of course, it's a Matt Groening vehicle, and um, he had his very simple cartoons um, looking like where it was like, um, it was a lot of humor similar to um, Futurama and The Simpsons. And it was one of those things where I feel like if they were a little bit more vulgar, it would be a little bit funnier, at least to me. And um, I feel like the the fact that um, Crossing Swords was extremely vulgar and also stop motion, I felt like a lot of the vulgarity and the, the funniness in so facto was taken away by the animation style. That makes a lot, if that makes any sense at all. I, no, um, I could see that. Yeah, I, I felt like it maybe like a, a different, more simple animation style would probably be a little bit easier for them to get across. Uh, to me, it felt like a a um, South Park, almost like bastard child of South Park, where <laughs> it would have been easier if they would have just done like very crude drawings, saying crude things. Probably would have been a little mm. bit easier for yeah. me to kind of digest. Maybe maybe you'll, you'll agree with me on this too, because um, I think I feel pretty similar the way you felt right the, mm -hmm. the humor is is the kind of humor that i like right yeah. it, that it is it is my type of humor right mm -hmm. i do like um vulgarity i do like you know poopy jokes and dick and ball yeah. jokes and, you know stuff like that a lot of dick but and I, balls in here yeah but i i i like a lot of the jokes i don't know for me they just didn't like hit or like make me laugh like it, it just mm -hmm. i don't know they didn't like land the way i would have liked them to like for me personally, I thought the best character far and away was the king. I thought yeah. the king was so funny, and I, there were actually some <laughs> yeah. things where the where the king said, "I left," and it was funny, and I really enjoyed it. And I feel like if more characters were like the king, I would have really liked the show. But the king <laughs> couldn't carry this thing the whole way and 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 be the star. So while I liked the king and his humor, maybe it was his voice. Even though his voice was funny too, but everything else was just like i don't know maybe it seemed like they tried too hard to be like vulgar funny and it yeah. didn't work or yeah. something I, I don't know it just didn't all come together the way i felt it should have mm. aside from the king before before john gets a bite of it i think try too hard is a good synopsis of what the entire show was john what do you think about this about, about the content of the entire show yeah so um I, I, I think the, the animation style suited the show well. Um, with robots, so, so here's the thing, right? These are, uh, John, I think his name is John Havertine and Tom Root. A lot of uh, uh, ex previous experience with Robot Chicken. And they their writing style, if anyone's watched Robot Chicken, these are bite-sized channel flips. No sketches more than maybe a minute and a half. Um, and that their humor works so much better in those bite-sized chunks this is a whole different beast to extend yeah. to you know a 23 minute show mm -hmm. and i did find it funny i laughed did i laugh out loud do i did i you know roll on the floor did i did i tell my you know tell aside from you guys my close friends hey you gotta check the show out it's hysterical no i didn't um it had a lot of robot chicken style humor. It was very raunchy. And the thing with raunch, and I noticed this with a lot of stand-up comedians, is like you the the raunchiness 
in a joke is usually like the punchline. And if you like raunch, then it's then it's hysterical. It's the funniest thing you've ever heard. Right. For most people, raunchiness doesn't quite do it anymore because everyone's raunchy now. Everyone says mm. fuck and shit and, and all this kind of thing. <laughs> so Yeah. Even the um, property fathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in, in a way, I think that, that having potty humor and raunchy humor is kind of lazy um, mm. because it, because anyone can say motherfucker and, and get a laugh. <laughs> so I, so I, I think that, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that the writing on the show definitely could have benefited more. Um, yes. And there were like moments of genuine raunchiness where they, it caught you off guard. That's funny. To have like a whole episode dedicated to Patrick like needing a circumcision, I don't think that was the funniest storyline. Right. right. You know, um, it's funny. It's funnier when like I remember. I think I texted you guys. There was a line from the King, and he and he's looking at binoculars throughout his glass, and he's like, "Oh, these two died in the sixty-nine position." Like that's funny because that's yeah. like, ah, you got me off guard. Yeah, yeah. That I thought was really funny. So, so I, I laughed, but mm. there was definitely a lot to be desired. So, John, honestly, the two natural comparisons that I made were one was Disenchantment. Uh, Yes, me too, man. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've ever seen, but I know that we have uh, well documented on this show. uh, I watched the first season. Yeah, so so I actually really liked that. I felt like it was uh, Matt Groening's way of being a little bit more raunchy. I -hmm. mean, he had uh, Futurama, which was a show that was basically designed to get him above the confines of The Simpsons, really. And um, I'm a huge Matt Groening fan. I thought Disenchantment was really funny. I really like the way that they're going with that show. So that was one natural comparison that I made. Uh, John, what, what do you think? Uh, do, do you see a lot of uh, natural comparisons to that? Yeah, I do. Um, it's, it's funny because it's the theme song to Disenchantment. It's that, it's that like raucous, almost like New Orleans, like that bum, ba, dum, bum. I was yeah, half yeah. expecting to hear that. Every time the Crossing Swords theme came yep. on, I swear to God. And I told myself, like, I got to stop making that connection because they are mm-hmm. two different shows. I think, right. I think Disenchantment had more of a lore to it, especially mm-hmm. going into a second season. Whereas um, this, this show, Crossing Swords, was definitely way more episodic. It's, mm-hmm. Until the very end, the last two episodes kind of tied into each other. Um, but everything else kind of just felt like very slice of life. Um, I think it's a fair comparison, though. I mean, this is a streaming service animated show. It's set in medieval times. Um, and I, I think that, and we might even have a mailbag on this later, um, that, that in a post-Game of Thrones world, mm. um, we're now ripe for more medieval parody than ever before. And yeah. even more so because Game of Thrones ending fucking sucked. So, so yeah. now it's like it's like right for the taking that now all these these shows are probably going to try to cash in on that mm-hmm. medieval uh, formula, you know, with the the knights and dragons and all that stuff. Which which makes me think too why this show was even greenlit by Hulu in the first place. Yeah, because I mean, what's what's the pitch at that point? We're going to do a raunchy medieval show that's stop motion animated. Now, why would people want to watch this? Well, if they're robot chicken fans, sure they would want to watch this. But what about the greater appeal? Because if it's just robot chicken fans, that's not enough to green. I don't think so. To green no, show. I, I completely agree with that. Right. Um, what did you guys think? Did you like this better than Disenchantment or no? I personally like Disenchantment better. I think that it has, um, and, and that might just be me of uh, being a big Matt Groening fan. I feel like he yeah. has um, a lot of side stories that weave together. Um, I know that, uh, I know a lot of people are very low on uh, Futurama. 
But I am personally a huge fan of not only Futurama seasons, but the Futurama like movies are insanely good. They weave together maybe about three to two hours of uh, cartoon together to make it uh, really fit. Uh, there's one, it's uh, Beasts of a Million Backs. Amazing. Uh, Bender's Game is also amazing. So, John, I would I would very highly recommend the um, Matt Groening Futurama, like, quote-unquote, movies. Sure, yeah. F- Futurama has, I mean, it's got cult status. It's one of those shows, mm-hmm. kind of like Family Guy, that was canceled a couple of times mm-hmm. but then brought back. Um, mm-hmm. So it, there's definitely some merits there. And, of course, you know, The Simpsons is still ongoing. So Matt Groening's definitely got... He knows how to do the adult yeah. animated comedy. Yeah, so, so I think those shows question, are less raunchy too. Absolutely. To answer your question, I, I would kind of compare this to a more raunchy Disenchantment. And sure. in that case, I would still go uh, Disenchantment. And John, the other natural comparison that I would give to you, uh, mainly because there was a king and, and you know, all that going on, it, 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 it struck very near and dear to my heart to HomestarRunner.com. Um, oh man that's an interesting comparison yeah, yeah so did that, a great job hamstring so so that was one <laughs> and guys if you're a long time yeah. listener to homestar uh, uh if you're a long time long time listener to rated pod homestarrunner.com is one of the um kind of the foundations of all of our animation like fandoms um i know for a fact myself in the fifth grade yearbook i wrote that was my favorite website it was a uh, very flash animated <laughs> uh short cartoons it was a lot of fun it was uh no cursing at all. I think the worst word really. Yeah, I ever said is about these these mm-hmm. these characters in a fantastical world. Yeah. Um, with different creatures, like it's it's even hard to really describe. It's like you have to watch Very it weird. to see it. What was Homestar um, like? A marshmallow? <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a creature. He is the Homestar Runner. Like supposedly he's only one of his kind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I do kind of see that in mm-hmm. a way because I think that um one of the positives from uh, Crossing Swords is that the characters are all memorable. Um, and that's in no short part to the, to the wonderful voice acting, kind of like the Homestar Runner. And uh, I think that it's, even though, so Homestar is way more fantastical. It's kind of set in any time period. And Crossing yes. Swords is obviously a specific time period. But, but they have these like timeless character elements to them. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to make sense of why this comparison works so well. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of just it, talking out to it, but it do, it really does. If you watch it, both of them, it's yeah. kind of hard. It's kind of hard because, like, uh, you know, originally I had um, it kind of slipped my mind when I was uh, mentioning the comparison to Disenchantment, and it's one of those things where it's like Homestar. If you don't, if you don't have that basis of uh, fandom, it's hard to make the comparison. If you go back and watch. Homestar Runner, like cartoons, you probably won't get it. Uh, this yeah. was a flash animated website before YouTube was a thing. So we're really dating ourselves here. But that's just <laughs> one that kind of like hits hits close to home. If, if you're a new fan, maybe if you're younger, uh, you may not you may not like Homestar at all. But John, is, is the website even up anymore? It definitely is. Yeah, they yeah. don't make a whole lot of updates to it, but they still do. From time to time, they'll upload. And yeah. this is one of those few websites, Dean, it's astounding. Mm-hmm. They, they've never given into ads. I think yeah. that's why they yeah. do less because they're probably making these things on their own dime now. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it really is, it's a time capsule and a really enjoyable watch, you know, absolutely. especially if, if, if you like this show, but even if you don't like this show, because it mm-hmm. sounds like a lot of the reviews say that, that this show kind of misses the mark in a lot of ways. Um, so I don't know how, how you fans think out there. I, I mm-hmm. think that I might be in a small minority that says this is a pretty funny show. Um, but don't, 
Mm. I'm advocating for Homestar Runner in this moment. <laughs> Watch that, regardless yeah. of if you like Crossing Swords or not. Absolutely. Uh, irregardless of uh, what you think of Crossing Swords, if you yeah. want to take a moment to go uh, to homestarrunner.com, they are absolutely amazing. And that's something that has shaped my comedy beliefs and mm. my things that I found funny uh, growing up in my formative years. I know John as well. Um, most famous, I would probably say, is Guitar Hero 2. They had a song on uh, Trogdor, yeah. which was on uh, <laughs> Guitar Hero 2 in the uh, little fan section but that's enough of shilling uh we don't know them personally at all but guys <laughs> i'm really curious to hear what your ratings are on this show yeah are we are we ready does anyone want to say i mean any anything else to contribute Re- well Re- yeah yeah Re- yeah quiet let's, let's yeah i do i know we were we were kind of getting into homestar runner which i do love but <laughs> because john was probably of the three of us the biggest fan of the show um i think one of the big factors that goes into your enjoyability of a show is like the binge ability. John, how did you feel about the potential binge ability of this show? Was this a show that you would like find yourself watching multiple at a time or were you kind of like me where like you watched one and you were like kind of done <laughs> until I guess the next time you had to like pick up the show again? I'm very happy you asked me this question, Rick, mm. um, because we talked about this with Space Force last time too. And I always, if I'm the, I am of the belief, I'm not a binger, I'll tell you that much. I don't go into a show saying I have to watch all these episodes. I ask that that the show earns my viewership episode by episode. That said, this show's not really a binger. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of, I would say after, I'm good with, with watching maybe, really spending an hour with a show. So that, that equates to about two, three episodes I, I'm a cheapskate. I have Hulu with ads. Um, so mm-hmm. I really? watch like the, f- yeah, I do. I do. You want to log in <laughs> as me. <laughs> hey, listen, man. Hey, tell everybody on the pod. They could use the, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I watched, I think would maybe watch two or three at a time, but it is not a show that mm. had much for me to return to. I think that, so that's definitely uh, something that if you're a binger, if you're looking for cliffhangers at the end of each episode, if you're looking for something mm-hmm. to bring you back, it's not really here for me. I'm, I just get so, I'm so tickled by the animation style and I'm so impressed by the voice work that it's like, I, I actually root for these types of shows to continue to be good. And I want mm-hmm. to be impressed. So they're going to get my viewership right. in that instance. If the show was seriously unfunny, if it was Space Force level unfunny, then absolutely not. I mean, you can't, I said it last week, like you you can't redeem unfunny. And this show mm-hmm. was just, had enough funny lines, enough funny scenarios. I did like Patrick as a protagonist too. Um, he is your everyman. You could root for him. He just wants mm-hmm. to be a knight. Um, it, that that did take me through, but I there have been way more bingeable shows that are out there okay so it's low on the on the bingeability scale and dean i would imagine you would agree but i'd like your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. but also you and i have talked on multiple occasions um both with shows and more specifically even with movies um when watching a show or a movie do you look at your phone and i found myself on tiktok through the majority of this first season (laughs) um like i would have it on and i would I mean, I was kind of watching it just to get through it so we could do the review together. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this wasn't something I really 
cared to like have my freaking eyes glued to the screen like mm-hmm. i was fine watching charlie d'amelio dance on tiktok and and, and just like scrolling through <laughs> and watching like trends yeah. and other other <laughs> things like go through what's what's going on on instagram or you know accept the friend request on facebook um i had my phone in my hand almost the entirety of this season but uh mm-hmm. how about you dude yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought that the only uh, you know plus side that the show had was that it was stop stop motion animation, and I did give it its props for that. And at the same time, uh, I thought the content itself, if it, would, if it was in an animation style similar to Disenchantment, I would not watch a single episode more than the pilot. Uh, I thought it was just not that funny. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. They, they, they tried something, but at the same time, it just wasn't gripping at all. Uh, Rick, you know, good point. I was looking at my phone. I was doing other things. I was in and out of it. It just did not grip my attention. Yeah, all right. I'm glad we're all on the same page about that. So, Dean, I'm going to already assume that if there's a season two, you're not watching. I know if there's a season two, I'm not watching. Rick. John, is there – oh, sorry. Let, let, let me say it this way. If I, were, if I were to bet – and of course, you know me. I'm a, I'm a gambling man. If I were to winning, bet, winning ticket podcast, folks. <laughs> if I were to bet, who would have a higher upside out of uh, the last two shows that we recorded in the new new era of us and John? I would say that Space Force is a higher upside than uh, this show right here. I think Absolutely. that Space Force will have a better season two than uh, the show that we're recapping right now. So I mean, I'm I'm assuming that you're gonna watch season two of Space Force. Yeah, I would. And I yeah. really think I really expect it to be a lot better than season one. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I'm probably going to watch season two as well. And I'm I, and I'm optimistic. So I'm not going to see season two of Crossing Swords. John, you mm-hmm. are you're like kind of it seems in the like the middle of like, yeah, this was like, OK, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Are you going to be watching season two of Crossing Swords? Was the stop motion animation enough to bring you back? <laughs> I think I will. I would be watching a season two. Um the animation I love, voice acting I love, like I had said. It was funny enough, too, um, for me to, to come back. It wasn't not even close to the funniest thing I've ever seen. I'm curious for you guys, is, so is Crossing Swords, is its biggest crime is that it just wasn't funny enough? Is it really as simple as that, would you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would, would go say ahead. That's fair. That's yep. fair. I would go but, ahead. But, but Space Wars was funnier? I don't no. think it was funnier, but I think that Space Force had higher upside as far as the different characters. It was the okay. different chess pieces on the board that they could set up for more funny scenarios down the line. Okay. Whereas Crossing Swords, I feel like, was very cut and dry. Mm. I, I, I'll give you this. Um, it ends, it wraps up the first season kind of nicely. There's like, you know, Patrick has his moment of heroism. There is like a cliffhanger at the end. I don't want to give away any spoilers. Um, so like, and in that regard, I could see it as like, I watched the first season that all those arcs kind of tied up except for a little bit of a, you know, climax with the villain of the first season. Um, so like in, in that way, I can respect that. Um, and I don't know if Space Force did the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, or or if or if it left you wanting more. Yeah, see, I, I feel like for Space Force, it was more so of I feel like the characters were starting to kind of evolve into themselves. Where I, I feel like it could be setting up for more. Although the season one was extremely underwhelming, I agree with you guys there. I feel like season two through five 
so to speak, will be mm-hmm. a lot better than uh, maybe The Office season one through five. If that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm with you, Dean. I, I actually, maybe this will help uh, John understand where we're coming from a little more, is um, I actually thought Crossing Swords, at least season one, was funnier than Space Force season one, personally. Yeah. I, oh, absolutely. You know, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think if, just because we have, we'll, I'll bring in a football analogy for this. Um, I feel like see, uh, Crossing Swords, like it kind of is what it is. I don't imagine it getting much better or much worse. It's kind of mm. just going to plateau. Where Space Force is kind of like an underperforming first round rookie that we just had, you know, mm. and he didn't perform okay. the way we want him to, but we're expecting this first round rookie to really develop right. and become a, a potential pro bowler in seasons two, three, and He'll four. He'll be better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like the analogy a lot. I, I don't think, and, and that's definitely a pitfall with crossing swords. There's no nuance. You get what you get. You're, you're not watching it to say, wow, wow I wonder where this character is going to go. I mean, every character is a stereotype of sorts. Um, we need, we need that clipped right there because that is literally <laughs> the problem with the show. Yeah. There's no nuance. It's just cut and dry. Here's dick and ball humor, and here's ass humor. Right. And that's that. You get you get what you get. And and in a way, it sucks because animated fare is usually intended for children. And in, in some ways, it, it gets stuck mm. in some of those tropes. That's an interesting uh, thing that you bring up because, honestly, like, uh, as far as raunchy adult cartoons go, I'm kind of done. I don't know how about you guys feel. But, like, I feel like there's, like, an oversaturation of that medium. I mean, there's Family Guy, Cleveland Show, South Park, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, do I really need another show of cartoons cursing at me? Probably yeah. not. Fair, honestly, I, I love that t- that take. Fair point. Yeah. Um, because the shock, that's the thing with, with an animated show plus, um, you know, crass shock humor was funny when South Park premiered in 1998 i think and yeah. in a way that answered more of the cleaner nature of what the simpsons were doing because mm-hmm. the simpsons were, were taking you know the traditional 60s 70s you know sitcom and then kind of amping it up a little bit by being more adult but right even, but even now the simpsons compared to all these other shows is probably the tamest out of everything right uh, so so a lot of these newer shows right like i said these guys who were pitching to hulu just like and an interesting comparison I want to make too is with uh, Crossing Swords and Solar Opposites. So the mm. same guys who created Rick and Morty created Solar Opposites. Same guys who did Robot Chicken did Crossing Swords. And they probably said the same thing. Hey, we want to build on this formula we had with our previous show. Um, and it's going to be hilarious because it's just going to be filthy. And now in streaming services that don't have to worry about television ratings per se, right. um, you can kind of get away with saying whatever you want. You know, that's, that's the draw. But I agree with you that that, that's just not really much of a draw anymore. And, and I'll say this, if this wasn't from the creators of Robot Chicken, don't know if I would be as invested. Don't know if I would have given it a watch in the first place, to, to be completely honest. As much as I love animation, um, I don't just give a pass to anything animated because that's just, it's just unfair. Right, right. You know? now, now, John, what would you give um, Solar Opposites? Just really you, quick off the cuff. Yeah, sure. Um, I thought Solar Opposites was funny. I do like Rick and Morty too. Mm. uh solar opposites i i would recommend it i would recommend people watch it um that that is a show those writers i think are more nuanced they speak more to what's happening culturally Mm -hmm. and um kind of makes fun of tv watchers and how 
stupid some audience members can be by kind of upping um, the intelligence of their own characters on the show, if that sentence made any sense whatsoever. Because now that yeah. I don't know if it did. Um, but like it, it just feels like that's a smart show. Crossing Swords is not, is not smart. Yeah, and you know what? I'm very curious to hear what you guys give as a as a potential rating for Crossing Swords because John, you you kind of encapsulated it right there. I feel like it wasn't smart. There was nothing. There was no uh, you know proverbial spokes in the fire. I didn't right. feel like there was a lot going on. I felt like it was just crude. You know, you could just make whatever joke you want and mm-hmm. see how you feel about it. So so guys, if you allow me, I will give. My rating out of thirty-three. Yeah, let's will, do it. Let's let's go to our let's just go to our second sponsor real quick. Of course, and we're gonna come back and do some ratings. So you're thinking of purchasing your first ever Hydra V3 SUV? Time to take it for a spin at your local Hydra dealer, and for this month only, get six percent back for every mile driven in your lifetime, guaranteed. No APR for the first year and only 50% of what you pay for your first oil change. Completely free. Act now and get 35% off a tire rotation for only 20% of your first finance fee up to 60,000 miles with only 40% down. Ask your hydro dealer why it's so goddamn confusing to buy a car in the U.S. when literally everything else can pretty much be bought without a single signature or hundreds of pages of paper. Deals, I don't. They don't fucking matter. It's all numbers gibberish to distract from the fact that you're buying a giant plastic toy on wheels to get Instagram likes with. Visit your Hydra dealer today. Don't mention me. Okay, so let's give our final ratings. Dean, you're up first. What What are you thinking? I'm gonna give it a nine out of thirty-three. I just it okay. just didn't it didn't tickle my fancy at all. I thought that Robot Chicken is a better show. I thought Disenchantment's a better show. I just thought that there's a lot better um, animation shows that I could watch that will be worth my time over this one. Okay, I'm 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 with Dean. I think I'm gonna be a little more generous because it wasn't um, a bad show, right? I'm not. I wouldn't like you know. I wouldn't say it was it was bad. It just wasn't. Um, something I'd recommend. So a little bit higher, I'm going 14 out of 33. Cool, cool. Um, this is going to be shocking to you guys. I'm getting a 15 out of 33. Okay. Wow, I, okay. I, I didn't, I like the show. I think the biggest, we talked about this, we touched upon this a ton, but even more so than it being not funny, even more so than the characters maybe being of a stereotype, the show just didn't do enough to keep you going yeah. and to stand out. It's a show that you know you don't you don't regret watching per se, but at the same rate, that there's nothing there's nothing there that you see what you get. Like we said, you know, it's you you open up the carton of vanilla ice cream and wow, surprise, it tastes like vanilla, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. that's in a weird way that's like it's like a bad that's like a bad of it but some shows maybe that's all they're intended to do you know these mm-hmm. guys with crossing swords are not looking to you know make the next b- big game of thrones big you know multi cultural series they're just looking to make a funny show that they thought was funny it was probably funnier in the writers room than what came out and so i just think that you know 15 out of 33 
is it's it's less than it's less than medium you know mm-hmm. i um, think that's fair though because when you add them I'm all together it's, it's yeah. a 38 out of 99 which uh, i think is pretty fair right i know um sometimes yeah. we could be a little more harsh i thought but... it'd be closer to 50 but yeah yeah know, yeah um, we're, we're, we're pretty low on this one and i think it's mainly because uh, I'm very curious to hear what we would give like a disenchantment if we were to give it both seasons and all three of us to, to watch sure. it, give it a fair uh, shakedown. I know that we, uh, Rick and I, we've kind of uh, recapped that in our um, animation bracket where it was one of those things where we kind of just passed it off as like, oh, one of us has watched it, the other one hasn't. So um, honestly, I think that, that that's the thing that I would probably give disenchantment like a 21 out of 33, and I think that the show was uh, severely short of what I would give sure. that. Yeah, I think, I thought the rating would be higher, to be honest. I'm not gonna, this is not a show, I'm not as passionately for this show as I was passionately against Space Force. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I think gonna a lot do of a lot callers, of hand-wringing over this. I think mm-hmm. a lot of our callers were against uh, Space Force as well. And yeah. I, I'm, honestly, John, I'm, John and Rick, I'm very curious to hear what our callers think about uh, this show. Yeah, let's do it. Again, as always, guys, call 1-800-RATED. Um, leave, us, leave us a voicemail. Uh, and, you know, if your question's good enough asking us, we're going to play on the show. And we're going to go to our first uh, mailbag question right here. I'm going to play it for you. Yo, what's up, guys? Brad here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Crossing swords. Funny, right? So watch the show. And it was pretty good. Not great, but eh, what are you going to do? Just wondering, if there was one thing the show could change, what do you think they should change for season two to make it a little better? Later, dudes. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your call. Um, and great question. You guys, you guys want to want to take that one? S- sounded like it was from California. <laughs> radical. <you know? laughs> You're right, radical, dude. Um, yeah, go for it. All right, just to start, I mean, I know that it's not easy to just make one change, but I know mm-hmm. the big complaint, at least for me and Dean, and even you too, John, was like, make the show funnier. But you can't just like all of a sudden <laughs> Much snap your easier fingers. said than done, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I guess if I could say like one more thing, um, I would try to incorporate more of the king. I, I really <laughs> like the character. Of the, maybe I'm alone. Yeah. I really like the character of the king. He was funny, I think, from start to finish. I would have liked him in it more. Also, I think um, if they could have, maybe it'll, maybe this would work. I'm not sure. If they made Patrick himself more funny, because he's kind of like the, like the do no good, like kind of just good hearted, but always messes up kind of guy. So he's not particularly funny. It's more like the situations he gets himself in. So if he, he could maybe add a little more humor himself, sure, maybe that would help. Um, but aside from that, I like the humor. Also, I didn't mention this before. I really like the name Broth. I thought that was funny. Just yeah. <laughs> Broth was a great character. He was he yeah. was funny, very one so note, funny. So more 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 King, more Broth, and tweak Patrick's character a little bit, and I think that'll at least a little bit uh, improve the show. No, Rick, you kind of nailed it. I, I I also would go and uh, look at Patrick. I would say, you know, could he be funnier? Um, you know, of course, like the natural. Um, comparisons I make is uh, Disenchantment, which is Princess Tia Beanie is pretty much the main character. Everything starts and ends with her. She is pretty funny, in my opinion. Same thing with Homestar Runner. 
Homestar, Marzipan, they're they're the main characters. So, John, I'm really curious to hear what you what you would say about this. Yeah, I think that um, I I think the show and any I guess show in its inaugural season probably tries to do too much. I think that they should mm-hmm. thin the cast a little bit, narrow it down. Um, we didn't get to talk about this much. The siblings of Patrick, their characters didn't really add a whole lot to 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 the comedy, to the plot. They were kind of just in, like, the joke was that they're, like, kind of like the villains of the town when mm-hmm. Patrick is trying to be the good guy. Um, yes. And, and they came out at the end, in a way, because he had to overcome his, you know, um, when, when he was in the Minotaur's maze, he had to, like, overcome their, uh, their pitfalls to him as a sibling. Um, I just think that if you make this about Patrick, um, you make this about the king and the queen and Princess Blossom, who I thought was really funny too. Yeah. Um, kind of keep it keep it a little closer to the vest. Let's focus on some more arcs for these characters. I, I want to say less raunchy, but in a way, like that's kind of half of what the show is. And mm-hmm. it did make me laugh a lot of the time. So I would just focus on it and and thin thin out the cast. Yeah. Um, and not have so many just it's just it's a little much. That's all. I, I agree with you, actually. I think if they, if they kind of made it more tight-knit and had mm-hmm. a stronger focus on more specific characters and really um, drove their storylines a little more, it'd be, it'd be a lot better. I'm, I'm with you, too. I actually, from the first episode on, when bringing up the, uh, the siblings, I thought that the siblings would be a major part of the, right. the show. Yeah. I actually thought um, that the, the entire, at least, first season would almost be about him, like, conquering his his rival siblings because they're all like right. criminals kind of right like yeah he would he would have to kind of like better his 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 uh brothers and sister to kind of like earn a knighthood or something like that and they kind of were just like in the background side characters and whenever they like did have some screen time it was like pretty irrelevant and i don't know i'd, I'd be fine with yeah with either just almost eliminating them or if in season two they made them the storyline, like right. he has to like mm-hmm. beat them and like become a knight or something. But yeah, um, they, they didn't tweets. amount to much. Yeah, and it sucks because they like Tony Hale voices uh, Blarney, um, uh, Tara Strong voices I forget the sister's name. And these are very talented actors. They have a lot of voice acting, you know, work b- uh, below their belt. And so, like, I wanted just I just wanted to see more at that point. And yeah. if you're not going to give me more than, then yeah, take them out or give them somewhere else. I mean, these, they, they've also voiced a lot of like, you know, minor characters in the show from what I listened to, but mm-hmm. you know, I want to see if you're not going to flesh these characters out, then give me less of them, make less convoluted, you know? Right. Right. So, all right. So let's play the second yes. mailbag right. right now. Hello, Rated Podcast. My name is Benjamin Wadsworth. I'm from Lindhurst, New Jersey, and I absolutely love medieval times. In fact, I'm training to one day be a squire and eventually a knight at such an institution in my hometown. Actually, my name is Sherman. I'm just uh, practicing my night voice. I hope you guys don't mind. really love your podcast. Um, <clears throat> and I uh, really just wanted to know from the, the bulk of you, uh, since uh, Crossing Swords is uh, such a, a new era of comedy in a post-Game of Thrones world, uh, what is the future of Medieval Times content? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. And um, 
I think there's always going to be a market for shows with medieval themes. Um, I know uh, Dean is probably the biggest fan of medieval type shows of, of the three of us. He he's watched plenty, but um, I know there's shows. Obviously, uh, there's there's Vikings, there's Last Kingdom, there's Nightfall. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole plethora of other shows. Obviously, if you want to really put uh, Crossing Swords under that category, it does have those themes. Um, there's also um, I don't remember the name. Daniel Radcliffe's on a on a show on like TBS where he's like an angel or something. And um, oh, Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, Rick. <laughs> honestly, I, I don't remember the show either, but that is a fantastic show. Was it the Cripple of Inishman? No, no it's God. the uh, it's the um, it's like a, uh, Steve like, Buscemi. He's the God or Jesus or something, right? Yeah, that's he's that an medieval angel. times though, or is that just a like modern era? Well, th- th- in the new the newest season, they put Hold it on. in medieval times. So, oh, gotcha. Okay. So I'll look uh, it up. Yeah, I don't remember what it's. It's, it's some. It, they're angels, I think. They're trying to save okay. the world. They're, so you're but saying I'm, that there's there's still going to be a lot of like this. This is a genre that's still has untapped potential. Oh, it'll it, it'll gotcha. never die. Like I mean, yeah. even The Witcher is still a medieval type theme, right? right? Yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. so there's The Witcher. Um, God, you know, there, like, there's every couple of years they're going to come out with some sort of Merlin type show, right? You know, so <laughs> yeah. like there's 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 always a market for it. It's never going to die. Um, I will say though, in terms of uh, medieval animated shows, I don't really see a lot of that. So the mm-hmm. fact that this is set in medieval times, I think yeah. is pretty cool. Um, uh, and Disenchanted is is set in like medieval times too, right? But like, yes. at least for animated shows, um, mm-hmm. not a lot of medieval settings. But it's super popular, never going away. But anything you guys want to add? No, I agree. Um, the Dan Radcliffe show that you were mentioning is called Miracle Workers. I would give yes. that a four thumbs up that was uh in my opinion a nine and a half out okay. of ten amazing show okay have you watched the, the newest season have you watched the newest season fantastic I've, it's, I, said I, medieval, it's medieval times correct very good yeah it's okay. about dan radcliffe okay, cool. and uh i i i forget the other girl's name but she is a uh she was in that show with uh she was in the movie with i'm sorry with john cena um where uh, <laughs> There you go. It was uh, John Cena and then um, the woman that plays uh, the mom in like every single Judd Apatow movie. Oh, Leslie uh, Mann. Oh, yes, was this guy? Cockblockers. That's it. Cockblockers. Yeah. Yes. Cockblockers. Yo, that's a good movie. <laughs> great movie. One of the girls in Cockblockers is also the other girl on uh, Miracle Workers. Oh, okay. Very, yeah. Very good show, I must say. Steve cool. Buscemi. Nice. One of the best Buscemi I've ever seen. So, so yeah. So, the genre is alive and well. I, I think, thank you again, caller, for calling in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's interesting because like medieval fantasy, I feel like sits somewhere between like dramatic Shakespeare and, and sci-fi. And it's kind of like the merging of these two. Yeah. I'm not really a huge medieval fantasy type of person. I didn't really get into Game of Thrones. Uh, Lord of the Rings is fine to me. I don't hold them as gospel. Yeah, again, different discussion for a different day. I just dropped a bombshell. But um, this is still a genre I think that it's kind of like, um, it's it's the melding of those two genres, but it's also kind of like, almost like the Western, where it, it's it's like mm. the Western is really defined by its setting more so than I don't know if I should if I can say that because there are there are very defined characters, but like when you get into medieval realm and meet into Western realm, it's like you you know exactly what's gonna happen. 
you know, the types of characters, you know, the types of stories. Yeah. yeah so that's I just true. think that's, that's as American as anything else. So yeah. So the medieval story is, it ain't going anywhere. And hopefully there's, you know, there's more parody. There's new life that's breathed into it. Um, because it's, because of the drama can be so made fun of, um, which has been done, you know, with these animated shows. Totally agree. So before we uh, sign off guys, anything else you want to add crossing swords, other shows before we, uh, yeah, called called an episode. So so with Crossing Swords, my final kind of like thing on it is that it had so much more it could have done. Um, it's with I, I go right to the title, right? The title itself is a dirty joke, yeah. and that really is kind of the pinnacle of the humor. You're just gonna get that kind of humor throughout, and yeah. if that is enough, and what we've said is enough to have you give it a watch then power to you. We hope you have a great time. If you miss out on this one, hey, there's plenty of other shows to watch. Just not Space Force. <laughs> no, I agree. Amen. Cool. Yeah. All right. No, so, I, so, I, I yeah. think it's one of those things where it's like, if you miss uh, Crossing Swords, maybe you pick it up. If God bless it. If it makes it five seasons, then you'll be fine. But if not, you are not missing out on anything. I could not agree more. And with that said, it was a great first episode recording with you two guys. Uh, It's the first of hopefully many, and I cannot wait to the next one. And with that said, hang with your bros, love your hoes, and as always, watch those shows.